What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today with part two of The Truth About Everything. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. That sounds like something you're into. Let's go. Hey, hey, if you're joining and this is your first episode, then you might want to check back for last week's episode. This is part two of just a little two-week series that we're doing on The Truth About Everything, a book by Brianna Wiest. And this is the 10 decisions that change your life. And this is the second half of that. So the first half was the first five last week, second half, the second five this week. Enjoy y'all. Number six, when you choose to give your time and energy to others and not just yourself, there's something unspeakably rewarding about servicing others. It tends to give your life a new sense of purpose. You're being, you're being a reason I'm sorry, you're being a reason other than just for itself. Did that make sense? Your being? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your existence. Mm-hmm. Like service, basically. Mm-hmm. Service to others. Yeah, I think I've, it's like this dance for me because. <laughs> yeah, there's is loaded for you. I love to give, I, I love to serve other people. I mean, And I realize there's a point where I also need to like sink into myself and serve myself, which I used to feel really selfish and guilty for. But now I realize like it's necessary, but I do think there is like anytime I'm feeling like shitty about my life or something, if I can go like serve someone else that's struggling, whether that be like my patients or my clients or somebody I meet at the grocery store who's like, you know, you meet people all the time and you like hear their stories and you're like, holy shit. Like, I mean, not that I don't have anything to complain about. Like, I don't like that mentality either because I think all of our hard is our hard. And, but it does give you perspective. (laughs) And when you're serving someone else, it does like take some of that, like self-centered, like everything's so like, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it self-centeredness, but like it does help you to get outside of yourself Mm -hmm. and see things from a different perspective when you're serving other people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was a little more service oriented when I was a Christian. I think that that's one thing that Christian culture does really well is to serve others, you know? Um, Yeah. Like I I think about how we used to go, we even used to, we took a homeless man out to eat, (laughs) Yeah, out to eat meatballs and a beer and we weren't even Yeah, We bought him a beer and we were like, what? Like 18, 19, 19, 20. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, yeah. I think the people at the restaurant were like, what the fuck is happening? Like, (laughs) yeah. Rock and roll. God's the only one that can save your soul. It's true. That's what he said. (laughs) So yeah, I do agree that service, yeah, gets you a little bit, I think it, what it does is tells your ego like, Hey, you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. And that's good for me. Cause like so often it's like me, 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 like our, our, one of our kids, it was just like me, 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 what can you do for me? I need this. I need that. Hey mom, get this for me. And it's just like, Oh my God. But we're all like that. Mm. And I do think service is one of those things that kind of 
slices into that ego side of like, oh, what if you just didn't make it about you for a second and you made it about helping someone else? Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Number seven, when you work toward embracing what you can't change, it will be a struggle. There's no easy way to accomplish this, but imagine what could be if you took little steps toward doing so. Hmm. Yeah, I think that hits me like right in the heart right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just realizing sometimes how much I try to control things and instead of or resist them instead of just embracing it for what it is sometimes and people for what they are and not trying to like change or control anything about it. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me. Yeah. When anything difficult comes our way, the temptation, like you alluded to earlier is to either deny it, ignore it, or just not deal with it to figure out just kind of a way to sweep it under the rug. So you don't have to do any work because that's, it's a way that you think you're protecting yourself, but you're ultimately doing harm because it's going to stay under the rug. And the more you sweep under there, like once you eventually pull the rug up, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh my God, there's so much shit under here. That's not been dealt with. Um, I've, I've experienced that with my mom's death and with her cancer journey and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It was like, you can with this choose to, embrace it for what it is. Cause it's like, you are not going to change her diagnosis. You're not going to change whether she lives or dies. What are you going to do internally? What work are you mm-hmm. going to do? And so I had my work cut out for me and I did work through that, mm-hmm. but had I not, had I chosen denial for all of it, like this isn't really happening or like, Oh, I'm good. Like, how you doing, Andrew? Oh, good. Like, that's not going to serve me in any way. So, yeah, I I think for me, it kind of goes back to you can't heal what you are not willing to feel. Yeah. 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 And back to what you also said about embracing the suck. It's like, sometimes what you have to feel just sucks Mm -hmm. to allow it to come in and just overwhelm you in a way is it feels jarring and it feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like you aren't sure what's going to happen if you let that in, if you let that darkness in, it's just like, I'm terrified of what the outcome could be because mm-hmm. I'm letting go of the reins or I'm letting go of control mm-hmm. and allowing this thing to yeah, do its bidding, you know? Yeah. It is unknown. I think when you embrace what you can't change because it's essentially like releasing the reins, but the reality is, and then we've talked about this, we, we really can't control much of anything. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's really just shit, a man. facade. The mask shit. Yeah, All of it's it. a facade. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cheery one for you folks. <laughs> but I think there's there's good messaging in there, which is there's healing that comes with 
the embrace. If you mm-hmm. don't embrace it, then you're just going to be bitter or angry or depressed or sad. And you'll just hold, you'll carry it mm-hmm. with you everywhere you go. Like a, like, like a pack on your back, mm-hmm. you know, like a heavy pack that yeah. you just won't ever let down. Um, Cause it doesn't go away unless you do the work. All right. Number eight, when you take the time to just stop and enjoy the moment you're in, and this is such a hard one. This is like practicing presence. It's stillness. It's things that we've definitely talked about on this podcast. Isn't it always about the next greatest thing that you'll be happy once you have consider what you have now that you thought you'd be happy once you got. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many like oh I th- I think that this this one next thing will just that'll be the thing that puts all the pins in place mm. or puts all like lines everything up to where I'm finally fixed or finally whole. And I think that the problem is is that I often think of wholeness as like a destination and mm. it's not at all. And I also think of wholeness as like truly whole where I think wholeness, I don't want to say wholeness is an illusion is an illusion. Cause that just sounds kind of jaded, but it feels like wholeness can only happen when you're willing to accept all the pieces, including the brokenness and everything else that's there. So sometimes for me, things like I'll think of things as a like, oh, if I just get the sauna in my house, then I'll feel better and it'll, you know, do this. If I just get my blood work done and figure out why I'm so tired all the time, then that'll be the thing. Or if I just get the cool new drone, or if I just get Mm. this new furniture, like, you know, it's, it's interesting because like I said, what I said earlier about the, the furniture space, which is like helping our our habits and the things that we are, that we value, but it's also like, don't put your hope in those things. Mm. I think that's part of what it is, is don't put your hope in things Mm -hmm. or in relationships. Like don't, don't like, I think it's good to have strong relationships, but if you're pinning all your hopes on something to a relationship being or turning out a certain way. Yeah. On anything that's external, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a practice of being, being grounded in, in you, in your higher power, your higher self, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is like a cherry on top. Yeah. Because, because you're, there are no guarantees, right? There, there's, there's no like, your life is going to unfold perfectly on this path. And you're going to, you know, if you, it's like kind of like going into adulthood is like, Oh, if you get the good job and you make a good living and you have kids and you're married, like you're going to be happy. And then you get all those things and you're like, okay. And yeah, (laughs) like, no, what, you know, I think our, we just constantly want like the next thing. And I, I do think just, it's kind of like I said to you earlier today, like I realize like I have very little control of what's going on right now in our life. And so 
sometimes feel really hard. And then there's sometimes where I just have to like say, I enjoyed sitting down and eating breakfast with you (laughs) this morning. Like that is all I can ground myself in is the moment because the next minute or the next day or the next week feels so unknown and it actually creates a lot of anxiety for me. Sometimes it's just like, I need to just say in this moment, like I'm grateful for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is the, those moments don't last. So I think it's really important to soak them up and really pay attention to them because later on down our, you know, in our lives, I think those will be the things that we kind of remember back to like Mm -hmm. being under a waterfall and singing and actually just really embracing those beautiful moments of stillness or Mm -hmm. of, um, just, just a sliver in time where you don't have to feel so overwhelmed by everything going on in the world. Yeah. I really appreciate those moments. Yeah. Just to like, it's not an escape because you're like, (laughs) you're in the moment. Like that's how we should be. Yeah. Kids are so much better at it than we are. They're so much more able to, if it's raining, like just going out and playing in it and really living there. I think as we get older and we get more stresses and have bills and have to, you know, have a job and all these different things have to worry about coronavirus. (laughs) Like that's where I think we lose a lot of that ability, Mm -hmm. that natural ability that we have as kids. So right. Number nine, when you love whom you actually love, I know it's a simple observation, but one day it just hit me that people aren't always together because they love each other. There are a thousand different reasons people get and stay together. And some of them can be the farthest thing from love. If this is your truth, change it. Go love whom you actually love. If you don't know whom that is yet, keep living. They will come. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think it's true that love is such a confusing and not so confusing thing, right? Like, I think there's this ideal of what love should be versus what love really is. Mm -hmm. And I think we do it a disservice by putting too many expectations on it when really it's just a pure thing. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it's, it's putting too much expectations on love, but also like, it seems selfish. It seems like coming to love from a place of like, what can I get out of Mm. you love Mm -hmm. rather than like, what can I, what can I give here? I think it's like that with sex as well. It's like, what can I get out of this tonight Mm. rather than what can I give intimacy? You know, I, I think that you're hitting the nail on the head. It's just that it's almost like a perspective shift that we need to, have with love to where we're not expecting so much from love, but 
what can we give to love? Mm-hmm. Which I suck at. Mm. Yeah. And I think too, just really like understanding how to love yourself mm-hmm. too. I yeah. think, I think I've realized in my own life when I'm not really loving myself, it's so much harder for me to really show up and love someone else mm-hmm. without that like projection onto yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. I think that's her name. I still fucking love you. That's <laughs> what Isla and I say to each other every night. That's your thing. Yeah. Instead of love, uh, love you, love you, love you. When you're sitting on the oven, yeah. jinx, jinx again. Jinx, jinx on blackout. A, jinx. jinx on a motherfucking roof. Oh, don't ask y'all. Don't ask. <laughs> All right. Number 10. When you know you want to change because it's the first step in changing. Mm. Change won't happen until it's initiated by the self and for the self. When you realize you want to have a better life, you are acknowledging your own self worth. Mm. Where does that take you? Yeah, it's. I think it takes me to a place of kind of, it's very tied to the last one, you know, which is like what you're talking about with self-love. I think a lot of my life has been lived out of a place of hatred. Mm. And I think it's just like hatred for the way that I am Mm. and not like feeling like I know who I want to be or know what, I want to live up to what standard or like your um, own integrity. Yeah. Living into my own integrity, mm-hmm. but just like we talked about it in the episode with Gianna, mm-hmm. you know, about my eating disorder and my health and fitness journey with that. And that was just more so a really unhealthy way of dealing with myself and, and essentially hating my body. Mm -hmm. And I think the change that I want to see is very much what you just kind of said in the last one is that self-love piece, because it is really hard to like, that's why I said I suck at it. Mm. You know, what can I give to love rather than what can I get? Cause it's, if you have lived so much of your life from a place of hating or like hating yourself or hating aspects of yourself, Or like, why am I just, why am I like this? Or why can I not be, you know, fit? Why, why do I look like whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever it is. Um, It's really hard to have anything to give to other people Mm. if you don't have love there for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think too, that's where a lot of the judgment piece comes in because if you're not loving yourself and, and integrating yourself in, it's easy to then like project that off out on others who who maybe are claiming more of their truth or, or are living more like 
in love of themselves. And I think it's, it's hard to like see. It's hard to see when you're doing that to yourself too, though. You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't always know when I'm not being compassionate to myself. And then I realize like, oh, I would never tell someone I loved that. Why am I telling myself that? Mm-hmm. You know, I would never turn to somebody I love and be like, you're messing up all these things and you're horrible and you're, you know, incompetent or you're ugly or I would never say that to anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why would I say that to myself? But it happens, you know, and I think it's, I think for me, it's become like having an awareness of what is that inner dialogue? What is the voice inside me saying to myself? Is it, is it a voice of love or is it a voice of condemnation or is it a voice of just nastiness? Like, what is it? And how can I change that talk? Mm -hmm. Cause it's not true. Like, I think this goes back to like this wholeness piece. It's like, we all really are whole. Like we were born complete, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the world has told us certain ways we should be or certain, you know, things we should do or not do or certain programming that we've been told that has actually disrupted our wholeness. Right. The world's told you you're broken. Yes. Yeah. And I think part of wholeness is learning how to return to it and, and realizing like it's there for you, but it does require you to be fully open and honest to integrate the parts of yourself that have gotten segregated off. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't even know what those things are until we start really looking at ourselves and how we show up in the world and, what holds us back, I think a lot of times are the things that are the programs that we've been told. Right. Yeah. I I think that's, that's a solid place to end. So yeah, if you, if this resonated with you, uh, this is going to be a two parter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. If you missed part one, Check it out. Last week's episode, episode number 79. Uh, This is part two right here. And uh, if you really enjoyed what we discussed today, uh, you know, I can't recommend it enough, but I also would caution you if you're not ready to just like have your shit rocked, then (laughs) maybe don't buy this book. But if you're looking for something to really challenge you, and to give you new ways of thinking. The Truth About Everything by Brianna Wiest is fantastic. So uh, these thoughts are, you know, essentially from her and we're just kind of expounding upon it with our own experience from our own life. And yeah, if you have experiences or things that we talked about in these last two episodes that really resonated with you, we would love for you to DM us or, you know, like, we keep things confidential. If you want to text, if you want to like email, whatever, reach out and share anything with us, then, you know, feel free to, we're kind of in a a rough spot ourselves right now. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what I would just want to say too, is like, we've said this before that we are in process and like, we really are in process. So 
just know like you're not alone. If you're going through something that feels really hard and heavy right now, we see you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had episodes before where we release it and I'm like, man, but what about the people who are just really, really in the shit? Is this, does this help them in any way or do they hear it? And they're just like, I just am not there. Like I can't do this right now. Cause when you're in that place, it feels very helpless and raw and like a nerve is exposed and (laughs) it's painful to sometimes hear like some of those niceties or not niceties, but yeah. Or good vibes only. You're like, fuck right off. Yeah. I don't believe in that (laughs) actually. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks so much everyone for listening. Your story matters. Cheers. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegoryandelm.com slash shop. You can get a shoot the shit and be a real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.